Dawn of Mantis is brought to you by Redbeard Sound. Redbeard Sound provides music production, audio editing, and live sound engineering, and is where Dawn of Mantis records our podcast. You can find Sam's information on our website, dawnofmantis.com, or at redbeardsound.com. Extra, extra, Dawn of Mantis now has a merch store. There are t-shirts, long and short sleeve, as well as hoodies. Just go to dawnofmantis.com and click the t-shirt link. And while you're there, you can check out our Patreon. All our Patreon tiers have Discord benefit. This means you can join our text chat and even listen to our podcast live as we record it on Tuesday nights. Quiet your Ever since the Earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss. But two brave, uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of Mantis. Welcome back to Dawn of Mantis. You can find us online at www.dawnofmantis.com. Also, you can find us on Twitter at Dawn of Mantis. And we are on Discord now. We are streaming these things live. If you want to listen as we record them, uh, go to Patreon for more details on that. Joe, what's going on tonight? Not a whole lot. I'm excited to be back in Redbeard Studios. We're back again. Sam, how are you? I'm good. I'm still drinking Canada Dry, buddy. Uh, I just finished mine. Every week. Hold on. Every week, this thing's fueled by Canada Dry. Yeah, and with Canada Dry, the conversations never go dry. No, right. they're there for every one of our dark details. Ding. Okay, I think so okay. Uh, Canada Dry, come on. We've been helping you out. You got to help us out. We want some coupons. <laughs> Send us some coupons. Uh, details on our website. Is it coupons or coupons? No, oh. not coupons. Well, speaking of that, I would like that was a good segue that into was a very great nice. Segue. There's a certain debate that I'm going to turn over to. Wait, 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 wait. What, 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 but, what? but don't do it just like Sam did. We'll do it for the Discord people. Pitch that the same way you pitched to us. Like, you know, how yes. you remember oh, you think s- of this. You asked us the question, but and you we, didn't oh, say that's the word. right. Yeah. I said, what is that thing that you put your can in to keep your hand, I guess, dry? dry? And, and the drink cool. Yes. Yeah, and the, and the drink cooler. Yeah. Look, someone answered right there. What is it called? Okay. Yeah, but how is that pronounced? I know. that. How, would you, how do we get the pronunciation? Uh, wait, well, I mean, I think that's koozie. What do they? What? Oh, to keep your drink, to keep your hand cozy. That, eh, that's a wrong answer. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Was that? Yeah. Okay. I can tell you. Uh, uh, hey, just type it out. Uh, you know, spell it out like you would say it, like like in the dictionary when you when you look up a word. Yeah, like in parentheses where it would say, you know. Koozie. Koozie. Yeah. Hey, good job, Dredd. That's perfect. Perfect. So we've got a koozie. Yeah. From, from okay. But. And then we've got a cozy. <laughs> I'm going to be nice. If someone were to say it was a cozy. We might giggle a little bit, but maybe that could be right. I don't know. Probably not. You call it whatever. You call it a flagnard. Call it whatever you want. Make flagnard. up a word. Yeah, now, sure. Now, I have something here on my phone, and I believe I've 
for 38, almost 39 years, called that thing a koozie. Well, me too, for 41 years. So uh, Carl saying I'm, koozie. Yep. Carl, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so basically the, the majority are going with koozie. That's uh, right. I'm sorry. Um, but also... <laughs> I have a little. I have just a little paragraph here that okay. says, um, "Why is a koozie called a koozie?" And it uh, says, "In Australia." Oh, of course, it's from Australia. We're taking it back to. We're taking it back to the land down under. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in Australia, Shane Walsh invented a stubby holder. A stubby holder in the mid 1970s. Down under, this is the name for a koozie due to its short squat design. The stubby holder became particularly popular with surfers who use them, who use these foam drink sleeves as they hit the waves. So you can call it a koozie or cozy or a stubby holder. I'm you know, I, if if I were in a meeting with a bunch of people and I I slipped and said cozy, I wouldn't even be embarrassed by it. No, though I wouldn't either. I, I wouldn't. Would. I don't even let that bother you. No, I'd be ashamed of myself. <laughs> Oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, uh, we lost a sub. No, what happened? no. <laughs> Come back. We're just kidding. I'm calling it a stubby holder from now on. Yeah, that way there, there's no debate. Mm-hmm. I think you'd really pronounce that stubby, but, you know, that's just... I think it's stubby. No, no, it stubby. stubby. I'm going to call my hands stubby holders from now on. That's what I'm calling those. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I was expecting that to go. But guys, we're just stubby exacerbating this. Let's stop. Okay. Stubby woo. Uh, Dred says, Stooby dooby doo. <laughs> Stooby, Stooby for your doobie. Ivan was so focused on that that he didn't even hear what you said, Joe. What did you say? I don't know something. I said you were exacerbating the oh, situation. Oh, I forgot about that. With your stubby holders. That was a last week thing. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's a callback. I barely remember that <laughs> so long ago. So, yeah, you know, just as far as our Discord goes, the cozy koozie debate is skewing towards koozie. But. But you you call it cozy if you want to with every ounce of confidence that you can muster because you go girl. That's what I'm saying. I'm speaking to one person. <laughs> they do have a point. It does keep your hand cozy. I mean, it's I got to give it to them. I just it's not called that, but I mean, it makes a little bit of sense. It does. Sure. Yeah. We'll probably I'll probably slip next time. I, I'll probably say that next time. Honestly, Some, I cannot remember the last time I used a koozie or a cozy. No. I don't know that I've used one in the last 15 years. Well, just a, I mean, the way I drink those LaCroix things, I mean, it's like two drinks and done. It's not even worth It's not even worth putting the thing on. We were talking about that earlier. It's not even worth putting the stubby right. on it. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Keep it cold, what, for four minutes? Why? Now, if I'm drinking a 40, does Canada Dry make 40s? You should, because Canada Dry 40 <laughs> oh would be amazing. That would. Canada Dry 40. It needs to have something. the 4-0 on the side. We yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only do we pitch your stuff on our podcast, we give you a fantastic idea, Canada Dry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Talking about the conversation would never go dry. Then <laughs> you'd have a, but you'd want a cozy or koozie for it that. Better come in blackberry as well. Yes, yes it better. Oh, that sweet, sweet blackberry. Uh, Sam informed me that the blackberry I just drank. After that, we have six we left. Have six left. Oh, it's scary, man. I'm sweating, dude. I need that. Uh, need we need that sponsorship? That way, they can send me some of those during the summer. What that's, if that's only available in the winter? What if you got a letter, a Manila envelope, and in the return address is Canada Dry in Alberta, whatever, whatever, and then you're like, oh my god, and you open it, and it's like a court summons for us, to, or like it's threatening legal action. Just We're shut so the hell excited up. About it. I know. 
We will force legal action on you Cease if you do not stop. and desist. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> Shall we uh, continue? Shall we wrap up the, the saga of the gentleman pirate? Steve Last Bonnet? week on Dawn of Mantis. Oh, yeah, I know we're not doing that. but uh, No, let's do that. You uh, do a really quick recap. Uh, a rich guy got bored and decided he wanted to be a pirate, and it didn't work out that well. Why was it like 50 minutes long? <laughs> <laughs> you said to simplify it. <laughs> Each episode is like six minutes. Let me see. I'll do episode two is going to be this. Uh, Steed Bonnet met some bad luck and died. Hey, no spoilers. Now you're spoiling. Well, you know he died because this was 300 years oh, ago. Oh, that's almost. true. <laughs> or 240. I was holding out hope. He died? So, why don't we interview him? Yeah. Well... <laughs> <laughs> We could if we had like a seance podcast. Yeah. Ooh. You interview people via Ouija boards. I wonder, as far as pirates go, was there ever a pirate that actually had a wooden peg leg? Or is that just another BS? Can you look that up? Oh, I just found a little thing that said peg legs weren't common because amputated legs usually meant a quick death. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. We talked about that last week. Yeah, it's freaking 16, 1700s where you could get a hangnail and die. We, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we said. Having a peg leg wasn't exactly a way to make yourself a valuable crew member aboard a ship. <laughs> yeah, you keep getting caught in the knot hole. Well, not, yes. <laughs> you don't ever want to get caught in a knot hole. Oh, Billy's stuck again. Oh, hold on a minute. God damn it. Get the crowbar. <laughs> get the crowbar. <laughs> Uh, Carl said he found one in a store the other day. You should have bought that if you didn't, Carl. <laughs> yeah, this is just said if you if you survive the amputation healed up, your career as a pirate is probably over. Yeah, yeah, probably. You're gonna some doctors having a hard conversation with a pirate. Listen, <laughs> it's like the the football player that has the ACL tear or whatever. You're, I'm afraid you're never gonna be a pirate again. Oh no. And then the, he, he overcomes it. Yeah, a sad R. <laughs> what could he do then? What could an ex-pirate do that has a wooden peg an leg? Ex-pirate, <laughs> I don't a Walmart door greeter. I don't know. I'm just thinking. Arr. Welcome to Walmart. We've got half price off topsoil. We do fifty pound bags in the back. God, I hate my damn life. <laughs> Some guys like shoplifting. He just he just lets them go. Oh, I brings back memories of the old days <laughs> of uh, a former life. Oh, I got it really really quick. Speaking of like breaking the law, really loose uh, transition. Uh-huh. But Sam the other day sent Ivan and I a, a, a video. Was it right by your house? The the police yes. chase. Yes. So yes, I was. <laughs> it was it was last week. I was heading to the casino to run sound, and I was heading down. Like I was probably. Not even a mile from my house, so it wasn't on my street yet. I was, I'd had, I'd left my street, turned off my street, and I see these blue lights, and then they start heading my direction, and I notice this white van in front of all these blue lights. (laughs) It's so great, and so I'm, I'm in a thirty mile an hour zone, is what this whole street is for, like probably a mile, and as it's coming by, they have to be doing at least eighty. This white van, which I kind of try and turn and look. I'm grabbing my phone, trying to video. I pull over, kind of stop. You know, I grab my phone enough to like hit, you know, record and get it coming right at me. And and I kind of look as it goes by. And I was like, man, I swear that was like U-Haul stickers <laughs> on the side of that thing. It is. It's a and, U-Haul. 
it's and, a $99 a day or and, something. It was $19.95. Oh, $19.95. Uh, yeah. It says and, it on the side. <laughs> and three police cars in hot pursuit. And um, so I like sent that video to you guys, and I sent it to a, a friend of mine that lives here in town. And I was like, hey, look at like look at what happened. And um, and he texted me back. He was like, yeah. He goes, I just saw on Facebook. He was like, that went right by your house also. He was like, it turned on your street and went by your house. And so he sent me the video that was posted on Facebook. Yeah. And it was some lady, like, like you could see my house in the video. You're kidding me. Like the lady was walking. I guess she probably heard the sirens or something, pulled up her phone. And you see her, like, you know, get this van and and the police cars. And as it goes by, she pans with the van, you know, and you see my house, you know, in shot and my my neighbor's house in shot. And they, they end up catching the guy. I think what ended up happening is he turned onto a street that went to a dead end and then tried to turn around. And from what I heard, drove through some people's fences and, <laughs> and everything else. Oh, wow. And, uh, and they ended up catching him, and he wrecked the U-Haul van. And it wasn't like a big U-Haul van. No, it was just a little It was like a, like a little, it wasn't even yeah. like a Sprinter van. It was just like... A minivan. You know, like a minivan. It was like yeah. a minivan, yeah. With, uh, yeah, and then with the, you know, U-Haul, nineteen ninety five a day plus mileage on the side. Yeah. And yeah. Ivan... <laughs> I still have the text, and I laughed so hard. Ivan says, uh, it's nineteen ninety five per day plus mileage. Maybe someone's trying to get a, as many miles as they can in one day by driving 90 miles an hour. <laughs> Is that how fast you think he was going? It had to have been. Yeah, I mean, it looked fast it on the looked phone. It looked like 80 to 90. Yeah. That thing was, was pegged moving. out, yeah. I bet. When I the bet. cars went by on the video, it was like, vroom, vroom, yeah, vroom, yeah, vroom. Like, it, was. it was like NASCAR. Or yeah, something. it was crazy. <laughs> so U-Haul what, ass. What's <laughs> <laughs> that yes, should be on their is. commercial? <laughs> Not that we want you to, but look how fast the thing goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what's crazy is two days later. Mm-hmm. I'm coming, my wife and I took her to a doctor's appointment. We're coming back home. We're like 45 minutes away from way out there. And uh, honestly, this sounds bad to say, but I was looking on my phone trying to find a a song, you Mm -hmm. know, because we're driving and listening to music. And I just happened to look up and this older kind of Buick just goes, just like smoking. And we're on those curvy roads going over to Oklahoma. And I'm like, wow. And then right around the corner was four police cars, just like, and all with their, and everything. And I was just like, oh my God, there's another freaking, yeah, what are the odds? You text, you text me about that. Yeah, like immediately texted. And yeah. I've like, always wondered why there's four or five or even more. It's like, if the first guy can't catch them, the other people are behind that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know you're backing up your buddy in case they get out and there's a chase and a gunfight. But it's just kind of funny. It's like, it doesn't matter that there's more. It's Smokey and the Bandit logic. Yeah. A couple of the first ones are going to wreck and flip off a bridge. That's what I was just thinking. Then there's a couple more, you know, yeah, that he's... I gonna- guess that's that makes sense. But to me, it's just like more people that can cause an accident. There's a lot of states that have policies and, and counties that have policies where they won't chase unless they think it's for a great right. reason, which I totally support because, you know, you get some kid playing basketball and somebody slides around a quarter and nails them or something. So, so yeah. yeah. Was even the know. thing I thought of seeing it go by my house, you know? Yeah. Like, man, you know, there's, because, I mean, I have a 13 and 16-year-old, and sometimes my kids are out riding their bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, just somebody backing out of their driveway, or, you know, just anything like that. I was like... And you're not going to find the U-Haul van? You're not going to find that? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to find it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's not like it's some anonymous thing. I hope you got the insurance. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I put that. I'll put that on uh, uh, on the on the chat thread so you guys can watch that video. Speaking of stuff like that, what about you know we we got a topic that kind of relates to that. Yeah, right? illegal stuff. Illegal. It's a really loose segue. Piracy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but some of them are loose. We some are tight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yes, so let's let's wrap this up. Uh, wow, that's what. Never mind. Um, part two of Steed Bonnet, the Gentleman Pirate. Obviously, now hopefully you guys obviously have listened to the first episode, so you know what I'm talking about. Well, of course. At this point, <laughs> Blackbeard had absolutely no use for Steed and viewed him more as dead weight than anything. But a potential solution to his predicament would come from an unlikely source: North Carolina Governor Charles Eden. You see, the problem of piracy was getting way out of hand, and to help curtail it, King George came up with something called the Act of Grace. Mm. This would allow a pirate to, uh, actually would allow him a total pardon of all his previous crimes, so long as he vowed to never take up piracy ever again. Oh, so you have to promise you'll never do it again? I promise. (laughs) (laughs) I know, yeah. You can can take me word. Uh, yeah, uh, most kids will promise they'll never do it again. And then they, they, you know, I think that happened when my son threw a toy at my face the other day. He promised he'd never do it again, but I bet he will. Oh, you know he will. <laughs> I was like, well, you're pardoned. You're pardoned. Yeah, there you go. Well, if they got the pardon, swore to never, you know, return to piracy and did return to it, then a bounty would be placed on their heads and all bets were off. Like, d- you're dead. You're oh, dead okay. meat. A bounty, so there, you there was, say. <laughs> <laughs> so there was more it? to that. I, I chimed in too early. So no, that makes okay. a little bit more sense. Yeah. Yeah, so if you do it again, if you're, if you're going to be a liar, which, you know, pirates would never lie, <laughs> um, then we're going to get you, right? Yeah, yeah. that but, makes sense. I mean, didn't most, I mean, you would, anything I've seen, most pirates wanted a bounty on them. And then wanted oh yeah it's to like be for, to be a, you know the highest bounty oh yeah yeah that makes sense it's yeah. like bragging rights almost. yeah it is yeah so it kind of worked out for them and then what if they what if they work up a deal with like you know their their buddies and like hey turn me in you get the bounty break me out break me out oh we got the bounty and and I'm out again yeah we got the bounty and the booty yeah <laughs> oh, there we go I bet that's happened but but break me out soon out of prison because <laughs> I want to. For my booty's sake. That right. was a, but then you'd have to trust a pirate. It. It's the only problem with that. That's true. Yeah. Never trust a pirate. And we're going to learn that now. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Accidental segue. Yeah. Blackbeard and Steed talked it over and agreed that they should take advantage of the act of grace while they could. Although Steed was honestly looking for a way out of pirate life, it is doubtful that Blackbeard was ever serious about the pardon. Hey, Joe, what if they hang? What about the deal thing? What if they hang them early? You know, you guys were talking about that deal thing. So that's another reason why you wouldn't want to do it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's like, hey, we came to break him. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> oh, well, at least we got the booty. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's doubtful. You know, I, I do think that Steed really was like, I tried the pirate thing and I, I want to pardon. It wasn't for me. Yeah. But Blackbeard was, of course, like just saw this as another opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, they went to, uh, uh, the men sailed their fleet to North Carolina and docked at Topsail Island before separately meeting the governor to get their pardons. Afterwards, Steed remained uh, long enough to get a clearance to take the revenge to Denmark's uh, Caribbean colony of St. Thomas. There, he planned to buy a letter of mark and go privateering against Spanish shipping. So, let me just describe a few of those things. Okay. 
A letter of mark was a license that enabled someone to make war with any ship that was an enemy of the country of the letter that was issued from. Like, you know, England would, would issue a letter of mark. Any enemy of England was an enemy of yours, and you had legal okay. right to, to attack them or whatever. Okay. And privateering meant that you were a private person commissioned to war for your said country. So that was, that's what he wanted to do. Anyway, it, it took a little time, but Governor Eden did grant Steed's request for both of these. However, any elation Steed may have been feeling after his pardon and subsequent permission to attack ships in the name of the king was stifled when Steed returned to Topsail Island to retrieve his ship. There, he discovered that Blackbeard had returned directly after receiving his pardon, abandoned most of the crew, transferred all the loot and supplies from one vessel onto uh, one of his called the Adventure, which was a sloop they'd captured a few days earlier, and hauled ass out of there. Oh, wow. So he just was just a pirate doing pirate stuff. Yeah. True to the name. Yes. Okay. The revenge had been picked clean, and most of her crew were marooned on a sandbar off the island. Steed Bonnet, however gentlemanly he was, was now full of rage and wanted nothing more to hunt down his ex-Confederate and exact revenge, no pun intended. He boarded the revenge, rescued roughly 46 marooned pirates in return for their help, and after catching wind that Blackbeard's ship was, another pun, moored at uh, Ocracoke Inlet not too far away, he hauled ass in that direction. Ocracoke. Sailed ass. <laughs> he sailed ass in that direction. <laughs> I wonder if they use that term. <laughs> Uh, however, not only did Steed fail to catch Blackbeard in Ocracoke, but he never saw him again for the remainder of his life, which is probably good because we have a guy that's only been pirating for less than a year and doesn't even know what he's doing with the small crew. He's going to go find and kick Blackbeard's ass. I'm going to get him. That was like when he attacked the man of war. Like, what was this guy thinking? Yeah, you're attacking someone that puts fuses in his head. <laughs> mm, if you, if exactly you weren't there for last, thinking. you weren't there last week, but if you didn't hear last week, we were talking about that. Yeah, Blackbeard would place little fuses in his hat and light them, and he would just, like, smoke. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, by all or ac- hot. Or- <laughs> that's Sorry, hot. That was a dead joke. By all accounts, Steed Bonnet really wanted to honor the conditions of his pardon, but he found himself in a little bit of a pickle. Blackbeard had plundered the revenge of basically all its supplies, and Steed had no money left to replenish them. Also, St. Thomas, where he wanted to go, was in the midst of the Atlantic I'm sorry, hurricane season and could not be reached for a few months. So he needed supplies and a place to wait until he could set sail to St. Thomas. And the only way to get them was to be a pirate again. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But he, went about, he did that, but he went about it in a colorful way. Okay. So normally he just robbed the first vessel that crossed his path and, you know, but that would break his pardon. Like Ivan said, he'd be a wanted man again, uh, more than ever. His solution uh, was for both he and his ship to assume another identity and engage in privacy, uh, piracy, sorry, just long enough to supply his ship after which he would begin his new life as a privateer. Privacy, piracy. Yeah, that's good. Private, piracy. Private. (gasps) Yeah. Private pile. (laughs) Steve. Steed changed his name to Captain Thomas, and he renamed the Revenge the Filthy Horse. No, I'm just kidding. The Royal James. <laughs> Under this new identity, Steed sailed to Delaware Bay, where he plundered about a dozen ships, keeping two of them, the Fortune and the Francis, to add to his fleet. It was then that Steed finally engaged in that most crucial of pirate customs, splitting the booty. Until this point, 
He had always paid his crew wages from his own pocket, but he finally, I mean, he didn't have any more wages in his pocket, maybe by this time. And so, yeah, they, they plundered and then split the booty. I think that's better anyway, because it, it wouldn't that encourage the pirates to try harder because the, the bigger amount or the bigger booty, the more that would split, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't, the more ways that would split and everyone wanted to get a, a bigger share. Yes. The bigger the booty, the more there is to split. That's you right. are correct. <laughs> Never paraphrase me like that again. That's a direct quote from Ivan. I'm going to chisel that on your tombstone if I outlive you. <laughs> Ivan died whatever date. The bigger the booty, the more there was to split. Yeah, I wouldn't care at that point. I'm good with that. <laughs> All right. It's profound. I like it. Thank you for that. But there was another issue that needed to be addressed. The revenge was in bad shape and leaking, and it needed to be careened. For those of you who don't know, which is maybe all of you because I didn't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I didn't. Careening is beaching a vessel at high tide in order to reach the hull that's normally below water level for maintenance and repair. Dry docking. Yep. Yes. That's that's all it was. Wow. And you know, like they would be leaking spots and <laughs> you look, dry docking. Was that it? It was, wasn't it? No, no, no. Don't <laughs> no, go there. Don't dry. Stay, stay on the pirate side of life. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Whoo. <laughs> yeah. Um. There would be barnacles on the hole and leaks and stuff like that. So <laughs> Why did I throw that out and I was hoping, please, no one. No one pick up on that. Just leave that laying there. <laughs> Just dry dock that. Don't ever, yeah. Um, <clears throat> to do this, he sailed the Cape Fear River, where the ships were docked and the repairs were completed by prisoners he had captured from other ships. I like the movie. Cape Fear? Uh, yeah, I thought about that, too. I was just like, wouldn't the... The boat turn on its side, you though? Think. It did. Okay. I saw illustrations of it, and okay. it would it would lean. Okay. Um, but I don't know. They would just, did, they the, put, did they put some... I think they did. To keep, oh, yeah. Timbers or something. Yeah. yeah. Shiver me timbers! Whoa, I'm looking that up. Yes! Look and see what that means. What the, Doesn't that just mean that you're taking all the bark off of it? To shiver your timbers? That's my guess. I don't know. You're making a timber. I always thought shiver me timbers meant... So I thought every pirate had a wooden leg. And then I thought, like, it freaked them out, and they shiver. What, what, what do you got, Sam? It's a reference to the timbers, which are the wooden support frames of a sailing ship. Nice. In heavy seas, ships would be lifted up and pounded down. <laughs> I can't even read this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why not, Sam? Well, just listen. Um, ships would be lifted up and pounded down so hard as to shiver the timbers startling the sailors such an exclamation <sighs> was meant to convey a feeling of fear and all similar to well blow me down the first part is awesome because uh sound is about vibration and it and and it would vibrate the timbers <clears throat> making a sound and it would <laughs> and it would scare the the people in the the keel or whatever so that's that's awesome so yeah he sailed up the cape fear river um docked the ships they were repaired uh, now, with the revenge seaworthy again, Steed and his crew still had to wait out the hurricane season before they could sail to St. Thomas. And their current location seemed as good as place as any to wait. However, at the end of August 1718, about 45 days later, word finally reached nearby Charlestown that there was a group of pirate ships docked in the Cape Fear River. Despite the pirates technically being in North Carolina's jurisdiction, South Carolina Governor Robert Johnson enlisted Colonel William Rett and a crew of naval militia to apprehend the pirates. On September 26th, he arrived at the mouth of the Cape Fear River with two sloops, the Henry and the Sea Nymph, each armed with eight cannons and a total of 130 militiamen. Wow. They were down to clown. They yeah, showed up they ready were. to party. Yeah. 
For sure. The attack was meant to be a surprise one, but it didn't quite play out that way. Rhett's flagship, the Henry, ran aground at the river's mouth, giving Steed time to form a plan of escape. Rather than try to sail on up the estuary in the darkness, Steed gathered all his men onto one ship, the Royal James, and told them that as soon as day broke, they'd meet their pursuers head-on and fight their way out. You gotta hand it to him, man. The guy was... I don't know. Crazy? Well, let's see how that worked out for him. <laughs> yeah, let's let's see. He already took on a, a man of war. Let's see how this one goes. Let's, let's fight two ships that are more... Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, it may not have been the greatest plan, but the only other alternative was to turn themselves in, and Steed knew that he definitely would not receive any mercy from the governor after breaking the conditions of the pardon. Sure. So the crew readied themselves for the coming battle, and the next morning, the Royal James sailed headlong towards the two ships and the 130 men Rhett had waiting for them. Wow. I'm on the edge of my seat. This is called the Battle of Cape Fear River, by the way. Okay, cool. Yeah, there's like a monument there now. It was. Oh, wow. Yeah. By this time, the high tide had unstuck the Henry, and Rhett ordered his men to bring about the sea nymph alongside it to head off the Royal James before it reached open waters. In an effort to outmaneuver the saloons, Steed steered his ship near the river's western bank, but got a little too close and ended up running aground. Not good. No. This is crazy, though. In his haste to overtake Steed, Rhett also ran both his vessels aground, leaving all three ships stuck. They're like, this is awkward. (laughs) (laughs) The only good news was that the Royal James deck was healed away from his opponents, which offered him and his man cover, and the two ships had leaned the other way where their decks were exposed. They were screwed. It was the worst possible position they could have ended up in for the... For Rhett. Yeah. Uh, still, he was far outgunned, faced two ships, and his men were outnumbered nearly three to one. This is Steed we're talking about. Despite all this, he and his men continued to yell and taunt Rhett and his militia, daring them to come aboard the Royal James and engage them in hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. They did have some reason to be so bold. They, have, they suffered 12 casualties, but they also killed 10 of Rhett's men and injured 14 and damaged his ships. Yeah, and even from the art of war, I mean, you if you're defending, you always have an advantage. Yes. So at that point, they're defending. Mm-hmm. So that's where they're like, come on. Yeah. You know, come and they on. did pretty damn good one ship against two. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. The standoff lasted over five hours. Wow. With Steed pacing back and forth across the deck, threatening to shoot anyone who stopped fighting. Eventually, of course, the tide rose again. But unfortunately for the gentleman pirate, Rhett's two saloons were freed before his, and they closed in on his paralyzed ship. When they did this, he ordered his gunner, a pirate named George Ross, to blow up the ship's powder magazine. I guess he was just going to be like out in a blaze of glory. Mm-hmm. He's going he's gonna to Captain Kirk it, right? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, two, the Wrath of Khan. Right? Yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah. So, they, so he said, ship self-destruct. You know, yeah. basically. <laughs> Pretty much. Except for step self-destruct. Arr, arr. But the crew stepped in and was like, no, they overruled him. It's like, we're not going to blow ourselves up. We'll surrender. So mm-hmm. they forced him to surrender. And uh, on uh, October 3rd, Rhett's militia entered the ship and took all the men in custody. Probably a good move. <laughs> 
Most of the crew of the Royal James was held outside Charlestown at uh, the White Point Watch House while Steed and two of his fellow pirates, Ignatius Pell and David Harriet, were taken to the home of Town Marshal Nathaniel Partridge in a little makeshift cell to await sentencing. Are you that name about, again? Okay, I was wondering if I was wondering if that hit you like No, that was a cool name. Ignatius yeah. Pell. Yeah, that's awesome. That's badass. Ignatius, old old Ignatius. Ignatius, that's the most pirate name ever. I like it. That's cool. Ignatius Pell. You know, Speaking of names for this whole thing, taking it back to So I Married Next Murder again, every time you say Steed, all I think is Steed! Steed! <laughs> Pants! No! <laughs> Look at that huge melon. Oh, I love it. I might have to watch it again. Let's do an episode just on that movie. Okay. So three weeks later, Steed and David Harriet escaped, as legend has it, by dis- disguising themselves in women's clothing. Wow. And a 700-pound bounty was placed on his head, and several teams were dispatched to hunt them down. See, they were pissed. You know, he had broken the party, yeah. then he escaped. Holy, I don't know why it took him three. They were still there for three weeks. I thought back in these days, like, you were captured, and, like, two days later, they you were hung or something. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Easy to escape. That's a common thing. Yeah. People are escaping all the time. Yeah, what well, were they putting them in, like, grass huts? <laughs> Where the hell did they go? They could build, like, a warship with all that stuff and they can't build a jail cell? <laughs> That's a good damn point. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Steed and Harriet had been joined by two escaped slaves and the four scored a boat and headed for Charlestown Harbor, but due to unfavorable winds and a shortage of supplies, they only made it as far as Sullivan's Island. The governor soon caught wind of this and sent Rhett with another search team to capture them. After a long search, Steed and his companions were found and Rhett wasted no time firing upon them, killing David Harriet and wounding the two slaves. Steed had no other choice than to surrender once again. A very curious thing began to happen, though, while Steed was in custody awaiting his sentencing. Public sympathy started to grow for him, and people began to rally for his release. Yeah, the same thing, you know, much later. But, like, what was it, 12,000 people went to the Bonnie and Clyde funeral, like, supporting... I mean, there were murderers. Yeah. I mean, Bonnie shot a guy laying on the, uh, the, he was already wounded, but she shot him like point blank. Yeah. And you're going to, I don't know, I don't, the public, that's why, you know, we talked to James Dunham about, you know, people releasing UFO things to the general public. We're pretty stupid, really. <laughs> you know, like, you're going to celebrate their deaths, and you're going to celebrate these guys? I, I don't know. It's, it's weird to me. You know, I totally can't say anything about that, because right now, I'm wearing a Bundy Dahmer 2020 like presidential election shirt. <laughs> you're you're not glorifying their murders. No, I, mean, I don't know what I'm doing. I just thought it was a cool shirt. <laughs> I mean, we're, you do a true crime podcast. That's true. Did you write down what that plaque said? That no. You want to read it? Oh read yeah, it. I can read a little read bit it, of it. it. It's it's kind of long, but I just oh, I okay. like the first kind of part of it. It says um, near this spot in the autumn of 1718. Steed Bonnet, notorious gentleman pirate, and 29 of his men captured by Colonel or Colonel? Colonel. I always say Colonel. Colonel. I, I read if That's a weird thing. That's colonel. A weird, yeah. Colonel. Yeah. Colonel. Um, William Rhett <laughs> met their just desserts after a trial and charge famous in American history by Chief Justice Nicholas Trott. Yep, Nicholas Trott. That's right. They're just desserts. I like that. The only thing that you read different than what I have is 29 men versus 33, but I guess Mm -hmm. we'll just, we'll let the force lie. Well, it said... That's one thing about research. You'll find four different things that say four different things, and you kind of got to, like, 
mm. distinguish among them which might be the closest to the truth. It's but it well, says later, 19 of Richard Worley's crew captured by Governor Robert Johnson were also found guilty and hanged. All were buried off White Point Gardens and Marsh beyond low water mark. Yeah. Well, I will say, to give you credit, what you do a lot a lot of the time, and you don't probably even realize how fair you're being, you'll say, I read this, I read this, and I read this, and so you'll bring up the three discrepancies or whatever. Right. That's the best you can do, you know? Yeah. That's it. If it, someone wants to go to the archives and dig and find the, you know, source and figure out which one's true, you know, uh, more power to them. Yeah. yeah. But at least you're pointing out the three different Yeah, versions. I'm presenting what's there, the options. That's right. Yeah. This just, this looks like a picture of the actual monument or whatever. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah, the people, uh, they feel sympathy for Steed Bonnet, maybe because unlike most other, all other pirates, uh, he came from wealth and was a gentleman. He was a justice of the peace before all this, you know, uh, in fact, such an uprising grew that militia had to be called in to keep it under control. Wow. Steed had been wealthy, educated aristocrat before his pirating days. And like I said, that's, that could be uh, why he gained such public support. Uh, Steed Bonnet and I'll say, I'll say 29 of his men, since that's what the plaque said. I had 33. Uh, were tried for piracy by Sir Nicholas Trot in November of 1718 in separate trials. Most of his crew were sentenced to death by hanging. At his own trial, Steed represented himself in court. He pulled the old Ted Bundy. <laughs> Relying almost solely on character witnesses for defense. I have to stop for a minute right there. One of the most, I've, I've talked about this before, but I don't give a shit. One of the creepiest things you'll ever see is the trial of Ted Bundy when he is cross-examining one of the detectives, and you can tell it is just for his own sick pleasure. He's having one of the detectives recall the condition of one of the bodies. In, oh, wow. In detail. It's so creepy because Ted's just standing there, and he's and you know the guy will say, well, you know, there was a seven-inch cut beneath the blah, 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 and then, and then Ted, you know, Ted would say, <laughs> And what else? You know, and the, it, he oh, does really? it for several minutes. And you know, dude, he's even thinking like, oh, do you remember the other cut under her, you know, breast or whatever? It's it's just a really creepy thing to watch because old Ted's just Would you say off. that the murderer is a master of his or her craft? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Very creepy. Thank dude. you. So he's representing himself, Steed. He tried to convince the judge that his crew had engaged in piracy against his wishes. He was the whole time like, stop, guys. Cut it out. I'm down here reading my books, and you guys are stealing from people. Stop it. You notice I don't even have a pirate voice. Yes. Can't be a pirate. We're going to get in trouble if you guys don't stop. I'm serious. All right. Stop stealing. That's what he said. He said that he was he was unaware of a lot of it. He even claimed that during many of the battles or well, like when they were overtaking other vessels, that he was asleep below decks. Didn't know. Yeah, didn't hear that <laughs> cannon fire. <laughs> I'm a heavy sleeper. <laughs> After two days of trial, Trot treated... Oh, that's a hard thing to read. Why do I write it that way? Trot treated Steed to a long, grandiose lecture about the wrongs he'd committed and then sentenced him to death by hanging. Should have got a lawyer. Yeah, Should have went with a public defender. Yeah, don't Think, represent yourself. Yeah, probably not. Well, anyway, it's still, same result, even if he had True. Yeah. yeah. He, he was, was he was screwed. <laughs> I think so. While awaiting the gallows, he wrote Governor Johnson asking for clemency and even, this is sad, even pledged to have his arms and legs cut off to ensure that he could never go pirating again. He was like, he would look like that guy off Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where they got that Maybe from. Maybe so. 
forgot all about that guy. And <laughs> what's funny, before you said the guy from Family Guy, I was picturing him you were- right before that. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> it's awesome. It's funny that when he walks, the sounds of like boards clanking. Yeah. Is- <laughs> <laughs> the governor was unmoved. And on December 10th, 1718, Steed Bonnet was led to the gallows in White Point Garden and hung. He was only 30 years old when he died. All this wow. Sudden, yeah, he was 29 when he started being a pirate and li- and <laughs> made it about a year. It's a long damn year. <laughs> yeah, a, lo- a lot has, no wait, a lot has transpired this last year. No, that was <laughs> Scottish. Like, a lot has transpired during this last year. Perhaps yeah. I should have just stayed on my plantation and gotten back rubs and oh, drank he, fine he, wine. He got bored. He did. We talked about that. You know, it's this is the equivalent of these days when a 50-year-old guy buys a Harley and, uh, you know, gets a faux hawk. It's just the yeah, same. Yeah, but, but you'd have to buy the Harley and then rob convenience stores <laughs> to, to really make that, to draw that, you know, equivalent. That's true, yeah. They, he went a little more extreme. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't know. It's probably just like. That was probably in the lore then, being a pirate. Hey, it's it's the thing to do. There is a there is even today, and I'm, like you said, surely then there was there's a romanticism about it, the pirate life. You yeah, know? oh yeah, the pirate life for me that came out later. But uh, Carl says worst pirate ever, <laughs> which I happen to agree. You have to be the worst pirate I've ever heard of. <laughs> oh, but you have heard of me. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. I forgot. Pirates that's probably what he was quoting. Yeah, yeah. He put quotation marks on yep. it. Dang it, Carl, I didn't pick that up. Too very bad good, he, very good. Too bad Steve Bonnet didn't look like Johnny Depp. Hello. <laughs> Just the the when you the opening scene when you see him is so hilarious when the boat's sinking. That's amazing. Steps yeah, and he just steps the, right onto it. Oh, it's it. so yeah. smooth, dude. I, that I, that movie had me right there. I was yep. like, this is good. I almost sent that gift to you guys. I saw oh, that yeah. too. <laughs> you know, I, I was watching an interview with Johnny Depp when he was talking about the very first when they were beginning to do the Pirates of the Caribbean. Of course, he's a brilliant he's freaking brilliant he adapted the whole you know the whole where, where jack sparrow would wobble oh yeah that's iconic well he said at first the producers and everybody was like what the hell are you doing you know and, and he was like well i just figure he's so used to being at sea that when he's on land it's oh almost, that's that's awesome yeah and oh, i never really more, put that together he's more straight at sea yes than he is on land. oh wow so that's why he moved like that and he said he actually had to kind of go back and forth and he's just like trust me just let me try it and of course it's like one of the best parts of the it's such a great part of his character uh, yeah the more you know so to sum everything up steed bonnet was sure as hell no blackbeard but he did leave an enduring legacy several books have been inspired by the gentleman pirate and several more written directly about his life In popular culture, you guys might know this, he's been in two video games, Assassin's Creed 4. There's a guy named Steed Bonnet. Okay. Wow. And there's another one called Sid Meier's Pirates. Have you ever heard of that? I hadn't heard of it. No. Well, Assassin's Creed 4, it might be Black Flag is probably the one he's talking about. Yeah, it's Black Flag 4. HBO has a series on him. Uh, It's called Our Flag Means Death. Oh, that's cool. You guys can check that out. Yeah, I'll probably watch it, yeah. The Outlander series uh, has a character based on him named Stephen Bonnet. My wife likes that. Okay, ask her about Stephen Bonnet. I will. We did a podcast on that MFR. She might actually listen to my podcast. (laughs) So some call him a failure, but in his one year of pirating, Bonnet amassed a fortune of what amounts in today's money of five and a half million dollars. Wow. Okay. So I'll be honest, when I first started this episode, it was called Steed Bonnet, the worst pirate ever. Oh, really? Just from the little things I'd read. But after doing the research, I was like, 
He did pretty damn good. Yeah. For, so I changed it to Steed Bonnet, the Gentleman Pirate. Cool. Except I guess I guess you could still say worst pirate ever because he didn't. For one one thing, some of his success was because of his black, crew, crew and black and Blackbeard. Yeah. And so, within a year, he was dead. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you could argue both ways. Yeah. But that's way more than I thought. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Five and a half mil. You go, pirate. There's another thing about this story that I thought of a few times while we were talking about it is a lot of it happened on the eastern coast of the United States. Yeah. And you don't really think about pirating happening yeah. on the coast of the United States. You think about it happening Open you know, seas. Open seas, down in the Caribbean. You Bar- know, Barbados. Like, that, yeah. yeah. But yeah, all that happened right here. Yeah, yeah because there's, they just went where the money, and, and like I said in the last episode, I didn't think about pirates coming on land and stealing mm-hmm. from houses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised when I read that. Very weird. Yeah. But they, I mean, it wasn't a common practice, but it, it wasn't uncommon, if that makes any sense. They did what they had to, you know, like if there was no ships out at sea, uh, they, they went up on land and robbed places. And the whole thing about not every time you picture pirates, they're just lugging uh, cannonballs at each other. Why would you do that when you more than right. likely want to steal that ship? Like that was mm-hmm. actually kind of rare. No, that's cool. That's good that you mentioned that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so there is, a, so years ago, whenever Mariah was, she was probably like five um, we read Treasure Island. We read a chapter every night until we finished it. Awesome. And so we, we were talking about pirates, and she said, uh, she goes, Dad, what's a pirate? And I was like, oh, well, that's somebody that lies and steals and cheats and stuff like that. I was trying to explain to her. And she goes, is Hannah a pirate? <laughs> she thought her older sister <laughs> thought she was a pirate. That's a famous family story we tell. That's awesome. Is awesome. Hannah a pirate? <laughs> it's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Dude, it is. Isn't it funny that because you know we we both have kids that are split apart in age by yeah, quite a yeah. bit, and like my fifteen year old and my three year old, like we can be at the dinner table and it's almost like stepbrothers where they'll just be kind of <laughs> glaring at each other while they're chewing, and my wife and I are just like, "What is going? Oh, on it's crazy here! Like, yeah, the rivalry is insane because obviously the teenager is like." This little turd is bugging me all the time. And then the three-year-old is so jealous. Like, yeah. even if my daughter sits down by me to show me something on her phone, my my youngest daughter will be like, my daddy! And she'll try to push her up. Dude, it's crazy! The rivalry is crazy, man. But it's fun. Well, yeah, Hannah and Mariah had that, too. I remember we'd be driving somewhere, and uh, Mariah would say, Dad, Hannah's looking out of my window. <laughs> and then, and then uh, one time she goes, Dad, Hannah's thinking about oh hannah's making a mean face to me and hannah's thinking about making a mean face to me and all this stuff like <laughs> it's like nothing so and and you want to laugh but then but then it gets to the point where it gets kind of annoying too so you oh, start yeah. getting mad they almost can't be in the same room sometimes oh yeah for sure i swear to god i think i've said this the on here before but a while back my daughter and i was out on the porch no 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 yes my, my baby daughter and i my three-year-old and i were out on the porch my 15 year old comes out and the three-year-old says no, sissy, my outside. She owns the whole outdoor. It's all, it's no, this is, I'm like, she just claimed the world. It's her outside. So you have to go inside. I'm sorry. One time, I guess Hannah was like 14 and I said, Hannah, will you watch Mariah? We have to go to the store. But then I was like, you guys aren't allowed in the same room together. So, but she had to watch her. It's kind of ironic. Watch her down the hall. Yeah. Stay away from her. So I don't know about you guys, but that's it. That's all I got on the old uh, the gentleman pirate Steed Bonnet. That was great. It's very good. It is very good. Arr. Have a good night, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>